This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. again everyone and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 106. Today on our show, Tommy Thrall. Baseball's the one the one sport as a broadcaster where you really have to love the game. Nobody knows everything about the game. I don't care how long you've been in the game. Nobody knows everything. So you have to be willing to continue to learn. But you have to be able to be open-minded to everything and the game's ebbs and flows, the changes and, and I, you know, that's that to me is also part of the fun because you get to sit there and pick the brains of baseball guys. Tommy is the Reds' new full-time play-by-play radio announcer, of course, and he's taking the reins from the legendary Marty Brenneman. Tommy tells us what his favorite part of the game is, how he felt when his hometown team won the Super Bowl, and how he once said something during a game to see if anybody was paying attention. He also tells us how he reacted when it became official that he was the Reds' new play-by-play announcer. So if you're liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and kick in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now let's talk to Tommy Thrall. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. Cincyshirts.com in Cincinnati. Welcome, Tommy Thrall, to the show. Hello, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Dude, thank you for being here. Um, Tommy is... uh, the new voice? Can you can we say new voice or the new I mean, permanent you, voice? You can say whatever you want. Uh, I think Marty's the voice for eternity. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's. I, I guess I'm the new guy on the block. But the, you know what? Like, and I this I'm going to insist that this podcast isn't about Marty because <laughs> I adore Marty. I got we all love Marty, but like, you know, the it's one of those. It's like you can't you can't rip off a band aid. You know what I mean? Like until the wounds heal. Right. So this is Tommy Thrall episode. But, yeah. But um, but you're you're the new voice. Like you're the new permanent play-by-play guy for the Reds on radio. Yeah, it's. Um, how does that hear? That how does that sound? Like, does it, it is it still settling in? It definitely is. Yeah. I mean, it's you shoot for something for your entire life, pretty much. Um, really, since you can remember what you wanted to do in life. Uh. And the longer you go without achieving that, I think the longer it becomes more of a dream and less of a goal. Uh, and you start to wonder, is this ever going to actually happen? And, and, you know, you say you can work your whole life towards something, and I think sometimes we overuse that phrase. But I, I there's so many people that do what we do in broadcasting that did the same thing I did. And that was when you were a little kid. You know, I grew up in Kansas City, so I grew up watching the Royals. And Kansas City, Kansas? No, on the Missouri side. Uh, yeah, don't get confused. Some people recently some have been confused. Bit, uh, yeah. uh, I, grew up, debate about that. I grew up on the Missouri side. Um, and so, but I would record games on TV, and then I would go back and play them back later and record them uh, with me broadcasting into a tape recorder. That's go back amazing. and listen. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I did that as far back as I can remember. And so, for me, that did was big practicing yeah i did i played baseball i was a twig when i was a kid and i just find then it i found funny. college and 
Funny how you fill up when yeah. you're in college. But that, young, but that young of an age, like it seems like most kids would be dreaming that they're the guy on the field playing, and it sounds like from an earlier age, like you you dreamed of being the broadcaster. Yeah, for some reason, uh, that to me at a young age felt more reasonable. Uh, than actually playing. Uh, little did I know, it was probably far more unreasonable to have a shot. Uh, there's 30 guys on a, you know, well, I don't know why I said 30. There's now 26 guys on a major league roster. There's a handful of broadcasters at every team. that They, yeah, they don't retire, right. and they, right. certainly not the turnover. So uh, it's a, it's a, it was an uphill climb, and, you know, I think sometimes it's ignorance is bliss. If you go into a situation, you know how long the odds are, it might deter you a little bit, and I think I would have been victim to that, too, if I would have realized how big of a long shot it was to actually make this crazy dream a reality. Yeah, I kind of feel that way about comedy, you know, like, I, f- I feel like when most people start out, it, it's this, like, all-or-nothing sort of mentality mm-hmm. of, like, I'm doing this because one day I want to have my own TV show. Right. But what I learned along the way was you can have a really nice life without being... Jerry Seinfeld, do you know what I mean? And still be doing what you love for a living. Like, was that, was there a point in your career where you were like, you know what, if it doesn't get any better than this, I'm okay with that? Yeah, I bought a house in Pensacola, kind of for that reason. Um, You know, I had been there for five, six years, I think, at that point. Uh, I was kind of getting to a point where I was was tired of paying rent, and I just thought, if I'm going to be here for a while, first of all, if I'm going to be in Pensacola for a while, this is a good place to be. Um, I, I love the town. The people were great to me. The ballpark uh, is ballpark really is sensational. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. It, 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 I'm telling you, uh, not to get too off track here, but the sunsets at that ballpark on a clear night in the summer, even if there's just a few clouds hanging in the air, they even accent even more because you have this blue backdrop of the sky. The clouds as the sun sets light up, glow pink. Uh, there's this metallic glow across the water, which is out past the outfield. And the sun hits everything in the background just right, that it all just kind of lights up. And for about a 15 to 20-minute stretch of time, it is the most breathtaking view I've seen in my life. It is just incredible. And I, I looked at it every day. We'd get the just the conditions would be just right, and I'd look at that and go, I, I, this is something you never you never get tired of this. Right. And um, so Pensacola was great. Um, I'm a beach guy anyway, so any free time I had, I, I tried to go to the beach. So I bought a house down there. Um, the the only drawback to my time in Pensacola was, to be quite honest, I think I was working too much. Um, the baseball season would end, then I would do college football. Well, then I would do high school football. Uh, then I did college football on Saturdays. That rolled over into basketball season, and then baseball would start up again, and it was cyclical, and you know, never had any time to take my own vacation. Usually, the only time I would have off was around Christmas, and I'd always go back to either Kansas City, where my family is, or out to Arizona, where my brother lives. And that was it. That was the only time I'd really, like, stretch of time that I'd have off. Um, was that because you, like, the sum of all the, the pay from all those jobs is what you, you needed to live? Yeah. Or was it just you're just like a, a work junkie that you just had to stay busy? little of both, but more of the... The more of the Yeah, first thing. Um, yeah, because, you know, pretty much everything I did was independent contract work. So if yeah. I didn't work, I didn't get paid. Right. Um, you're doing a college football schedule, so that's however many games, you know, a handful of weeks. So you can't really miss games for that. And I, I 
there was a chance that I would miss a game here or there because of an overlap and a scheduling conflict. And and that was the other part. The end of the baseball season was so exhausting. I love baseball. That has always been my favorite sport to call. But the end of the baseball season, which at times was the most exciting part because we're in a playoff race or whatever the case may be, I'd have to leave on a Friday morning, drive back to Pensacola if we're on the if the baseball team was on the road, do a high school football game Friday night, and then I'm on the road first thing Saturday morning, or sometimes after the game Friday to drive to wherever the college was playing. And there were times where I'd have to hop on a plane and, and go and get there, and, and those are early flights or whatever to, to make it to the game on time. So it was a grind, and then I was I, there was a time uh, I was doing a baseball game in Jacksonville, high school football game in um, Pensacola on Friday. Saturday I was in Missouri doing a college football game, and Sunday I was back in Jacksonville doing baseball. So the the travel Jeez. was kind of a grind at times for that, but not to say I didn't love it. It was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, it was good. Well, I think you're experiencing something right now that all of us have dreamed of our entire life, and that is having your favorite team win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So what's that like? Uh, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. It is really wild. Um you know, there's been a few moments really recently, I've been really lucky, uh, where things are almost so euphoric that it just doesn't stick with you, and you don't know how to process it. Um, the college football team I worked for went to the national championship. It was the second year of the program, and they went to the national championship. Lost, wow. but the whole run was just so crazy. Like, this is so improbable. Division two, but still a pretty competitive level of football. I went to a Division two school, so I know what it's all about. And that moment, like, I, I can't, there's details of that trip that I just can't, like, you're so overwhelmed by all this excitement that you can't really process it. Um, I grew up a Royals fan. They won the World Series um, back in 2015, and that was a stretch where I was like, gosh, I, I, don't, I don't really remember a whole lot of what w- went on. I couldn't tell you any details of the games. And kind of the same thing they after the Super Bowl. Watch. That was a really fun yeah. team to watch. It was. It was. Um, they, they were they were really exciting. Um, and then you get to the Super Bowl, you talk about fun teams to watch. This Chiefs team is unbelievable with Patrick Mahomes. And, yeah. Um, but there's there's moments in that game where, you know, I, I, it's not like I could go down and break down the game after it was over. I was thrilled they won. Um, but it's just there were times where I was like, there's that this is – I think there were about seven minutes left. It was third and 15. And that was the play. That was, yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah. talking about that play. Um, but that, like leading up to that, that was the first time, the whole stretch of the postseason where I thought the Chiefs might lose, you know. And um, then Patrick Mahomes did what he did. And it's, it's just pandemonium in that city. I mean, to walk outside after the game, people are shooting off fireworks. You know, it's fairly, it's not late, but. Because you went home to Kansas. Yeah, to I went back to it. Yeah, your, your I, I did. So I, I, it was kind of a last minute decision. And um, so I thought. So were you in that throng of people watching it in front of that big stage? No. <laughs> I, like, I knew better. They kept showing that. I was like, man, that does not look fun. To oh, me. And and everyone's like going crazy, but yeah. it's like, I'm so glad I'm in front of a TV. Yeah, it's a, it's a party atmosphere. I'm not big on um, watching, watching games with a big. Like a ton of people, because I like to people watch, and I get easily distracted, anyways. Me too. And so, <laughs> yeah. if I want to watch a big game, I want to make sure I'm locked in on it. You know, I'm zeroed in on the game. Um, and I'm not, I'm not even big on watch parties when it's a game I want to watch. 
But I thought about it. I was like, well, I don't want to watch the Super Bowl by myself. Uh, that that kind of takes some of the fun away from it. Um, Nobody to high five. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I, I kind of want to watch it with people that are into it like I will be. And I thought, well, I didn't get back for the World Series. Why don't I go back now because I can and, and watch this with my buddies back home? And so that's what I did. I, I kind of made a last-minute decision. I drove down to Kansas City. Uh, Saturday worked out perfect because that was my dad's birthday. So I got to have dinner with my parents. Um, mom made a nice dinner, so we had a, a good dinner on, on Saturday night. And then Sunday went and watched the game with my buddies. And his neighborhood, everybody's blasting off fireworks. People have – there was a neighbor right next door that had a stereo system set up. So he's playing the Chiefs theme song, blasting it at 1030 at night, you know. And <laughs> this little suburban neighborhood. People are driving by, honking their horns. I mean, it was – it was crazy. And the, the whole city, the next day I got up and, and drove back to Cincinnati the next day, and, and the city was just going nuts. It was so, it was just so cool. Talk radio was pretty fun to listen to, and just, it was a special deal. I mean, That's it really awesome. is. Yeah, cool. we have no idea. Like, even even <laughs> yeah. BF, a Browns fan, has no idea. You, uh, at least like... you won one once That's a right. time ago. Yeah. And, yeah <laughs> one, of, one of only two teams have never been to the Super Bowl uh, that have been in the league since the merger, and that would be the Browns and the Lions. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That's tough. There's been some. There've been some lean years for the. Yes, there have, <laughs> and they continue. <laughs> they, I, I, sports. The beautiful. To me, the beautiful thing about sports is they're cyclical. Everybody has their moment, and sometimes it feels like it'll never happen, but uh, it's it does happen. You, especially college, or uh, professional sports. Did you like see that HBO documentary about like why we love sports? And they were talking about the. When the year the Red Sox won the World Series, and they had a guy on there who um, he was at like Game Seven when they were um, who was that they were playing the Cardinals or the Astros when the Red Sox finally broke the curse a couple right. years ago. Yeah, um, he he was he was either at the game or at a bar and felt like he wanted to be somewhere else for the for the final out so he went to the cemetery where his dad was wow and uh and he's standing with the radio next to the grave and uh somebody shines a flashlight on him and he like freaks out and he's like i know i'm i'm sorry i'm not supposed to be here and the guys like look around and there's like a bunch of dudes at graves <laughs> wow. to be there at the final out and it's like when i hear stuff like that it's like what you were saying, like everybody has their moment. Yeah. But it's like that's that's what I think of when you talk like that. Yeah. It's just like you wait and wait and wait and then the payoff makes it worth it. That's why I like if I always go I don't know if I'd like to be a Boston guy or not. I mean the Red Sox obviously are a different case, but right. Do you want to have a team that's in it every single year or did or does it make all the waiting worth it when like you're the Browns and you or the Bengals and you finally win yeah. the Super Bowl. You know, I think the waiting's worth it. I, I don't know. I, I I've suffered through some lean years as a sports fan, so I to me I think that's what that's what makes it great. I, I think once you once you finally break through, um, it just kind of validates everything. I mean, it, and you know you go through those lean moments with with your friends, with your family, you know, <laughs> all those people that, like you talked about at the cemetery. They're that there because. They went through those moments. You assume most of them are probably fathers and sons, yeah. and then you get to kind of celebrate that together, and it just makes it so much more. Yeah. I mean, winning is not something that should be taken for granted because it's very difficult to do. 
but you see it happen all the time. Uh, living in the South for as long as I did, Alabama fans are about as spoiled as they come yeah. when it comes to, you know, <laughs> yeah. championships. Yeah. So um, that that becomes the expectation, and, and anything less than winning every day is almost yeah, unacceptable. Always, yeah, yeah. Huge so, disappointment. Yeah, I, I am not opposed to a dynasty. <laughs> have, having won a well, Stanley Cup last year, I'm like, I'm perfectly happy with it again. I'm all I think, for it. But I think there's also something to that. Like to me, you know, the Reds are the the Reds are an example right now where they're they're you know. Hopefully, this is the beginning of something that can be a prolonged run, and I think there is something to be said for that. Dynasties are not easy, so I think, as a sports fan as a whole, um, I think we have to appreciate them when they exist because they are pretty rare. Yeah. Um, you know, you almost you almost root for them at a, a certain point when you take a step back. You're like, well, they win every year. Yeah, well, winning three in a row is so unheard of. We could say we've seen it. You know, it might yeah. not be your team, yeah. but appreciate greatness while we have the opportunity. For some reason, I think we're really quick to tear down greatness. Um, whether it's an elite athlete, we're, we're quick to point out their flaws and, and almost focus on that more than what makes them great and appreciate how great they are. I think the same kind of holds true with teams as a whole. Uh, what the Patriots have done, whether you like the Patriots or not, that is remarkable. It's unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, it, it is yeah. really unheard of especially with super annoying yeah right it is but at, at the yeah. same time it's it's one of these things we don't know if we'll ever see it again what the yankees did um i will never be accused of being a yankees fan but that was that was an incredible run what's even weirder about the patriots is you got a guy that wasn't really a particularly successful coach before he showed up there he got to the playoffs he got the browns to the playoffs once and then they booted him out and a guy that was drafted sixth wasn't he right sixth round wasn't tom brady or tom brady's yeah, a late pick he yeah. only got in because drew drew Bledsoe got, got hurt. hurt yeah 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 it's it's crazy but i think it's even crazier in football because it's such a level playing field with how you can build your team. You know, like the thing that frustrates me the most about baseball is when I see what the Dodgers and the Yankees do, yeah. where it's just like, I mean, granted, they aren't winning it every year, but they certainly stack the deck in their favor when they can just spend however much money they want and just have literally like a lineup of all-stars. They have a chance to win it every year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and and especially when the Yankees were on their run, um, the, I think one of the things I liked about that, or I think one of the things I appreciated about what they were doing is that was kind of their core, and it started around Jeter. So that was a little different. They filled in the pieces and went out and spent a lot of money. But I think the playing field is becoming a little bit more level now in baseball. And, and there's an example of that when the Red Sox, which are one of the most wealthy teams in the sport, have to trade away arguably one of the game's best players because of the the basically the luxury tax that is set up right now in the game, which serves as kind of a salary cap, which in theory should level the playing field a little bit more. I don't know how good of a yeah, job they're it does. giving you him up to reviews. the team with right, but he goes to the yeah. Dodgers, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. It's, so, not like, it's not like the you know. The, yeah, the Ray or you know some other team like that is getting it right. Yeah, so it's it is it's interesting. Um, the economics of baseball are, are unique, but I also think it it makes smaller market teams when you earn it you appreciate it a little bit more because you understand how hard you've had to work for it. Yeah, right? the Royals. I mean, they kind of set the blueprint for what a lot of teams are doing now. Right, and look at the Reds. I mean, it's not been easy to build what the Reds hopefully have in place for this year. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's something that you look at, and that 
it started with their core. They had to figure out first what they had, and now you go out and you fill in the pieces as economically as possible. Well, they've done a pretty good job to do that. Yeah. Um, with with you know the constraints that they work within, so um, it, it's really it's going to be really fun to see that. But I think that that also you go back to you go through the lean years to appreciate the greatness, and I think that that could hold true. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. What do you think about last year? How we weren't super competitive, but we were so fun to watch. Like I don't remember. Like usually, so Josh is all in. He'll watch every pitch, every game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like competitive stuff. I'm sorry, but you know it's it's hard sometimes in August, and we're out 25 yeah. games. You know to tune in and and watch. At least for me, anyway. But um, so how do how do you? Uh, what was your take on last year, anyway? As far as all, to me, all the craziness going on. I mean, you know, we weren't getting a ton of wins, but man, they, they were so fun. They were they were so much fun. Um, and, and you talk about competitive. The the fact that the they were involved in more one run games than anybody in baseball tells you they're competitive. I mean, they were right there. Uh, I mean, it's wild. I, I think Rysel Iglesias ended up. Uh, I'm not trying to harp on him, but you know, he he ended up with 12 losses, more losses than any other closer in, in baseball, and. You flip that. You just erase those. I mean, typically, if you're a closer, you, you maybe you're only have a couple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you look at those numbers and just flip those numbers. You know, 75 wins last year. Add 12. I mean, the the record would have been the inverse last yeah. year. So um, that tells you how close they really were last year. So sure, they weren't piling up wins, but not only were they a fun team to watch because of the group on the field and the way they played. But they were a fun team to watch because they were in every game. And, you know, they did pretty well against the NL Central. Did a nice job against the Cubs. Uh, held and their own against the Cardinals. people loved watching Puig. Puig was exciting. People loved watching Derek Dietrich. Fight. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that they had this rivalry going on with the Pirates last year, I think, yeah. Was, yeah. was certainly some theater there, yeah. which is good. Amir um, Garrett emerged as a real personality. Yeah. yeah. David Bell breaks the record for most ejections by a manager. I mean, so is, that just, just, is that not a blue-collar team that you can get? Behind. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's, they were, that's what we, you know. Yeah. And I think you and I have talked about. And this. then Aquino like, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. but that's what this <laughs> city <laughs> embraces. You yeah. know, that's why they, that's why they love a Ryan Friel and a Derek Dietrich yeah. and Scooter. You know what I mean? They, they embrace Todd Frazier. It's the guys that they feel like they're one of us. Like yeah. that's a guy I could see hanging out with. It's not. Hollywood, do you know what I mean? No, hundred like, percent. And I, it, you go back through our teams, and there's always a guy that sticks out as like a fan favorite that wasn't the best guy on the team, but embraced the city and like made people feel like he's one of them. You know, Johnny Gomes. Or, yeah. You know, there's well, a bunch of guys like that. And I think a guy that one of the guys they added this year will be that guy is Mike Mustakas. I mean, this guy is the ultimate baseball grinder. I mean, he's just he, he's kind of. Just looking at him, I mean, he's he's not exactly the most polished guy. Uh, he goes out, he plays hard. He's going to wear the uniform, a little baggy, um, and he just he, he just plays the game the right way that, that people in this town crave. Yeah. I think we all kind of crave that, you know. I think and, Castellanos too, of yeah. like a guy who's like, you know, he's he's a little more showboaty at, at, at first glance, but he's. Like he's like, I want to win. Wants to win. That's yeah. all he cares about, and yeah. I think that that goes a long way. But it, it 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 was a fun team to watch for a lot of reasons. I think that team, as fun as they were to watch last year, it's going to be even more so. And and a guy you didn't even mention, I think, was was really 
Almost worth the price of admission. Suarez. Well, Suarez, too. Suarez gets lost in the shuffle all the time. Everybody's insane? talking about... He yeah. almost had 50 home runs. It's insane. And it was just like... like He's like a footnote in a conversation, which yeah. is... It's crazy. But but I think that also speaks volumes to this team and, and the improvements that they've made when, when one of the best third basemen of the game is really hardly ever talked about. But uh, Jose Iglesias at shortstop last year. I yeah, mean, yeah. to watch what he did at short was incredible. Um, yeah, he was fun. He was really fun. And then, like you said, the Aquino story. But the pitching staff, too. Uh, I've always, I think, yeah. leaned a little bit more towards pitching as far as the, the aspect of the game that I really enjoy watching. And coming up through the minor leagues, I, w- I would always think, all right, good, we've got a good pitching matchup. Like, these are two potential big leaders. And... That's that always got me excited to for that game that night. Well, now with this Reds rotation, you can get excited to go to the ballpark one through five in that rotation because everybody brings something different at the table. Yeah. They all are capable of having a great night and dominating that night. Yeah. And to me, that also is something that's exciting to watch every night. When, oh when my you, gosh! Yeah. When you have a when you have something to really hone in on nightly, that to me is pretty exciting. We have that. Yeah, Castillo and Sonny Gray. You know, it's like we had two all stars. Yeah. They're both pitchers. Like, when was the last time that happened? Right. It's been a minute. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for this year. But I always am. Like, I'm, you know, it's sentimental for me, but like my kid loves baseball as much as I do. And that's, that's one thing I love is like, it's a combination of the weather and then just the atmosphere of the ballpark. But it's just like, like Darren said, like I can watch a game. I'm the guy that in September, when we're 30 games out of first place, is watching extra innings on the yeah. West Coast. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like 2:30 in the morning, oh, yeah. and I'm like watching the end of the game, texting with my buddies that I know are watching it. Like baseball is just different for me. Uh, it's that's great. I you know, doing what we do. There's there's still there's still adrenaline after a game, even as a broadcaster, which is kind of weird to think about. There was a night in Colorado last year. The game was delayed two hours for this pop-up shower that just would not go away. Yeah. Um, then the game went extra innings. Philip Irvin had the game of his life. Uh, there was a lot that went on that night. Um, and it was just a crazy night. I say the game went extra innings. I don't think it did, but it was just a long night. Got out of the ballpark at like 1 o'clock. Day game the next day. And I am a far cry from a morning person. You know, we, we recorded this at 10 o'clock in the morning. I had to set my alarm so I could get here on time. You know, like I'm not, not really much I'm of a morning person. Yeah, so, um, so, but that night I, I had so much adrenaline, I could not go to bed. And you're just sitting there tossing and turning. So after a game, I never just come home and go straight to bed. Flipping on MLB Network, I'm watching the end of the West Coast games, and then watching Quick Pitch for the, for you know the highlights for that night to get up the day. I can't. I mean, I can't get enough of it. It's it's incredible, and it. I think that's part of the beauty of the sport. You know, uh, is it's consistent, it's reliable, it's there every night, and you don't have to. It's not something like other sports where maybe a storyline will will go on for a week. No, it's you, you. You deal with whatever it is, and then you move on to the next day and the next game. And I like that about it. But I think that that you know, and I've told you this. I think you're fantastic at what you do. Like I think you're so good. Thank and you. I've listened to a lot of announcers, and like you have it. And I think what you just said is why I think you have it. It's because it's not a job to you. It's a, like it's your job. And you're a broadcaster, but you love the game. And I feel like with baseball, 
that has to come through for yeah. people to want to listen because especially on the radio like they're relying on you to sort of paint the picture and one of the things i think endeared marty to so many people is the same thing is it's like you're you're not just saying what's happening on the field but like you're making people feel like they're part of a conversation. Yeah. And for as long as baseball games are and as many baseball games as there are and not being able to see it, like that's what it takes to be good at what you do. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. That's, that's very kind. I think it is. I think baseball is the one, the one sport as a broadcaster where you really have to love the game. Now, now, we all like sports, right? So, but baseball, it's different. If you're going to do it every night and you're going to be there night in and night out, you have to love the sport. You have to love it, and and you have to know it to some extent. I don't think we ever. Nobody knows everything about the game. I don't care how long you've been in the game. Nobody knows everything. Um, so you have to be willing to continue to learn, um, and, and especially the game is constantly evolving. So new ideas are constantly coming up, and maybe old ideas, you know, are kind of gone, and then it'll cycle back. And um, but you have to be able to be open-minded to everything and the games ebbs and flows, the changes. And, and I, you know, that's, that to me is also part of the fun because you get to sit there and pick the brains of baseball guys. You know, I, that, that's something I, I would sit in managers offices and just, you know, kind of unpack a game from time to time and, and pick their brain about why they did certain things. And the, the beauty is you, you hopefully you have this trust with somebody when you're asking them questions about why they made a certain decision. It's not because you're second guessing them. It's because you want to know more about the game. Cause I yeah, can't, totally. I can't, can't yeah. get enough of it. So yeah, I like that. I, I really like that about the game. And I think that's one of the things, one of the many things that makes baseball such a special game. So how many, uh, how many games are you going to do this year compared to last year? You, you um, got to cut your teeth a little bit last yeah, year. Yeah, a little right? bit. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I did around, I think I did around 70 games last year, all told. Oh, wow. In, in one way or another, I was on 70 broadcasts. Now, some of those I'd do three innings when Marty would work with an analyst. Some of them I was just filling in for Marty, and I'd, you know, work with Jeff. Others I did all night. And, you know, so it, it, it kind of varied, but I think it was right around 70 um, that I, I was a part of last year. This year I'll do all 162 uh, as long as, you know, don't I don't get sick. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully won't have any sick days in there. Uh, but, yeah, all 162, um, I think there's 28 spring training games. I'll have a couple of those off, so I'll do about 26 of those, and then uh, we'll see how many playoff games we have. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you. The, uh, now, the one thing I always loved about Joe Nuxall is it wasn't so much what he said, but it, it was the, the, the pauses, the silence. You know, you could go for like a half inning and be like, did someone, did the microphone break? Or, you know, just sitting there, just like relaxing, enjoying the game, which is, yeah. you know, if you're driving in your car, you can feel like you're, you're more at the ballpark because it's not like a, a breakneck pace or whatnot. But, uh, so how do you, how do you deal with that? Is there, is there a happy medium between hey I just want to jam as many stats as I can down the listeners' throats and all these stories that they may or may not want to hear, or is there is there kind of a and I I don't know what's your no uh, it's a it's a very delicate process? balance yeah it's a very delicate balance I, I also I that's, that's so funny because so, sometimes I would feel like um, and it's evolving by the way you you ask about my process constantly evolving um, constantly working on trying to be better every night. Um, but I, I didn't used to prepare very well. I mean, I probably wasn't until I got to Pensacola where I really learned that you got to, you really got to go in and, and know what's going on with the players. You know, I'd read the game notes and stuff like that, but it was just not, 
I was, my preparation was certainly not up to where it needed to be to continue to make the climb. So I really started to hone in on that, um, while I was in Pensacola. And I, it was funny because I'd find a lot of times the nights where I was the most prepared, I would almost have not a worse broadcast, but I'd try to cram too much in. And then there's other days where I had enough information. I was fine. And those would just be great broadcasts. Sometimes I wouldn't use any of what I prepared, and we'd just sit there and do the game. And like you said, there's a balance there. Because if you have if you have the mindset, I've got all this information, I want to get it all into the broadcast, you are going to suffocate it. And you have to let a game breathe on the air. And that's something Marty and I have talked a lot about. Um, that's probably the one thing he harped on me more than anything else is... You just, just shut up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I'm the announcer. <laughs> yeah, but but you do you, and that's where the behind the scenes guys come into play so much. Our engineer is tremendous, Dave Armbruster. We call him Yid. Uh, but they, the way they set up the effects microphones, I mean, that's what allows you to have this feel of being at the game, and that's that's where kind of the mind. Um, theater of the mind comes into play. It's that the ambient noise, the crack of the bat, pop of the glove, the crowd. Um, maybe a little chatter you might pick up just faintly over the crowd, or sometimes a little more directly, depending on where uh, where it's coming from. But the woo. yeah, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. We'll, hopefully we won't hear too much of that. Hopefully we will have some big crowds that'll drown that. You're anti woo. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's just you know yeah, the woo. Where you stand. I have come full circle. I was a pro, and then now I'm back to anti. Well, the, 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 <laughs> here's my deal with the woo. The woo is usually an indication that it's a little light. Yeah, that night, you're right. The yeah. Crowd. So, so hopefully, one guy. Yeah. <laughs> the hope is that we won't have much of that. The crowds will be a little bigger this year. So, um, but because uh, this is this is there's so many things I love about Cincinnati. But one of the things I realized first when I got here is is how much this city loves baseball and the Reds. And to me, that is that's what's so exciting about this season is thinking about boy, if it all comes together. Like, I think we all it's gonna hope explode. and think it, 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 <laughs> this city's going to be nuts. And I love that. Yeah. And and because nobody appreciates passionate baseball fans more than I do. Was last year your first opening day? Yeah, here. So yeah. What, what was your thoughts oh, of the spectacle? I was so fired up. I mean, it was so cool to me. This is what I think opening day needs to be everywhere. You right. know, because it's just this citywide celebration of... And, and I think it's more than... It's almost like it's more than just celebrating baseball because not everybody that's out there celebrating is a Reds fan, but we're celebrating the summer's coming, um, kind of turning the page on winter. Winter's here pretty gray. Hope springs its Yeah, time. and I, so I think it's just this culmination of so many things, and it all centers around baseball. And to me, there's nothing better than that. Like, that's – baseball should be – an opening day should be a national holiday every year, everywhere. But 100%. The, the, way it, the way it's treated here ah, – Outstanding. I know, and if it's good weather, even even more so. Yeah, like you see the crowds that come out when it's cold and rainy. Yeah, man, there's certain years where it'll be you know high seventies or something, and it's like the, it's like the greatest day yeah. of the year. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But I guess to get back to the point you were asking about before, I got off on a tangent a little bit. But yeah, no. So yeah, I think I, I remember the the preparation is, is important, but that the balance of you don't want to talk too much. You won't hear me talk about stats too much at all unless it's something specific. Um, I, I'm not – everybody asks me, well, how do you handle analytics? But to me, that plays a little better on TV because you can complement it with a graphic. When I, I'm not a good learner 
based on just hearing things. I'm more visual, so um, lectures were never my thing. <laughs> so to me, I kind of treat stats the same way. Like it's hard to visualize a stat. Now, if you're making a point about something, you might use a number to back that up. But to me, that's the way numbers are best used. I'll give the the basic stats. You know, average home runs, RBIs, but. I, and I will dip, dig in a little deeper from time to time, but not much, just because it, it takes a lot to really get that to play well on the radio. So there's no intern with, uh, yelling stats in your ear I, with a No, little, no, we don't have that. No, ear, no. Ear, <laughs> no. You need one, Josh should be available. There you go. I, we'd love that. He no. can certainly provide some comic relief up there, too. <laughs> I was going to say. It's it's fun, man. I've I've had, I've gotten to be on a couple of broadcasts when I just happen to stop in the booth, you know, yeah. sit down for a second, and it's it's fun. But like as a comic, it's I've sat in for Mo Egger a couple times on Sports Talk Radio, and I think I've just become used to having that immediate reaction right. from what I'm saying, like being even if it's not audible, like to see people's faces yeah. to know how I'm doing. And that is the part that I can't wrap my head around when I've done radio is like, I don't know how many people are listening. I don't know what they think of what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I have no idea how I'm doing. Yeah. Live feedback doesn't exist really. I mean, Twitter, Twitter's always there. I'm really <laughs> in a hurry. But, um... <laughs> That'll cheer you up. <laughs> yeah. That's really a safe space there if you want to get some feedback on how you're doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that is, that is, a, that's a big, that's a big adjustment. But for me, like, I, I like that. Um, because I, I was so, I don't want to say socially awkward. I was just very shy as a kid, which oddly enough, you carry that over to some extent. You, you get over it a little bit, but public speaking is not, not I, I wouldn't say it's not a strength. Um, people have told me I, I do a decent job, but I, I, it's not something I'm overly comfortable with, like going up in front of people and giving a talk. But because of that reason that you just said, like you've got all these eyeballs staring back at you when you're doing radio. It's just, it's just me and Jeff. See, yeah, that's great. That. Yeah, I love so, the feedback. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it can be good, and it's it's it can be intoxicating when you're on. And I, to me, there's no better feeling than making a, a room full of people laugh. If you can do that, that's, I mean, that's for comedians. That's got to be, that's that's the drug that keeps you keeps you going for sure. But if you say something that you think is funny and the whole room's just staring back at you, you want to go crawl into a corner, which has happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that has happened more than I'd like to no admit. Yeah. So what, what, when was the, um, the aha moment for you of like, you know, you had done like high school football and then you've done some college stuff and then you did minor league baseball and then pro baseball, like at each of those levels, what is it? What is it like to know like what you can get away with, or like <laughs> how much more serious you have to? Is it something that you put the same amount of work into for each one? D does that make sense? Yeah. Because no. I want I want you to yeah. tell the story you told me about when you were trying to see if anybody was paying attention. To oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh good, yeah. So I always try to keep it pretty straight on not the that air. you're not professional no no no, no, but professional I, no no i, I know exactly what you mean leeway to, yeah to, to play well, you around. should and um i think i was always a little more guarded on the air for the most part for a long time and then in pensacola you know i'm spinning my wheels and my career's not going anywhere stuck there i don't want to say i'm stuck there but i'm stuck in double a i want to get out you know the goal is always to get to the big leagues and i'm not making any traction and i thought you know what i just got to be myself like on the air and there was a moment where it was kind of like, just just let it fly. 
you know, just be you, you know, I, um, and so I did that and somebody came up to me, one of our sports guys at the TV station in town, he goes, would you? You have just been so much fun to listen to this year. He goes, I can't exactly figure out what it is, but there's something about it that's just a little different. And so I kind of shared that with him. He goes, yeah, it comes through clear as day. He goes, it is completely obvious. So there was that. There was also a moment in college that you're referring to. Uh, We're doing doing a – it's homecoming weekend, and I'm sitting around my buddy's apartment, and there's a group of us sitting in there and, you know – doing homecoming things, um, as you do in college. And uh, somebody, we're talking about broadcasting. And one of them was an athlete, one of them was in a fraternity. There's me, the broadcaster, and then whoever else is in the room, then <clears throat> probably a couple other athletes and, and whatnot. And so it's a, it's a mix of, of, I think they, somebody said something about how do you know if people are paying attention or something along those lines. And I think my response was, well, you can, say almost anything you want as long as you say it with conviction and then just go right into the next thing. And it might've been, how do you, like, if you say something stupid, how do you like come back from that? I was like, we just keep going. Um, you sit there and talk for three hours. You're bound to say something stupid at some point. Um, so they said, all right, well, we want you to say something ridiculous tomorrow. And somebody came up with say that, this going went to was Northwest Missouri State when the Bearcats. They said, say the Bearcats are undefeated when they score more than the other team. I said, all right, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> so we're driving. It's first, uh, probably our first offensive series of the game, scoreless. And, uh, I mean, we're still like our own 25, but we got a first down or something. We're rolling a little bit. And I said, all right, here we go. That, that my phone's blown up. This is when texts were still pretty new. I, it was probably my first cell phone still. And uh, I was getting texts from buddies. All right, we're listening. <laughs> Room full of guys. Let's go do it. You know, you got an audience. And um, I said, all right, here we go. Lamberson under center, first and 10. Bearcats driving, trying to strike first. After all, they're undefeated when outscoring their opponents. Lamberson takes the snap, drops back. <laughs> and then just away we went. And I thought, so you know, I was like, yeah, good. Work that in, no big deal. And the guys in the booth with me, we had a three-man booth for student broadcast. The other two guys, I mean, it was like something out of a comedy scene. They, like, lean forward, crane their necks over and look at me like, what the heck did you just say? And I've got a big grin on my face. And so we move on. And, and the game carries on. And I thought, all right, that was fun. Uh, they all, my buddies all loved it. Thought it was did you tell them that? Did you let your other broadcasters in? No, they had no idea. No, but I mean, like, after later. Yeah, say, I said, like, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, homecoming shenanigans. So... The, Monday, fact. yeah, that's accurate stats, <laughs> factual st- uh, stat. Uh, Monday, we're back in class and get together with some of those guys. One of their teachers had asked them about what was your broadcaster talking about when he said undefeated when outscoring their opposition. I was like, well, turns out <coughs> the ridiculousness has its limits. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny to me. Oh man, because it's it, it's funnier that you that you don't like go here's a chat like you don't yeah. like serve it to him on a plate. Oh it's no! Like, wait, what did he just? Oh say? yeah, that's the best. Yeah, that's the the. Anytime you can say something and make somebody <laughs> think, what was that? Yeah. That's, so because sometimes it's deliberate, sometimes it's not, and uh, well, that's going to be you yeah. and Brantley all season, right? Oh Are yeah. Going to be like, what the heck was that? Oh no question. There will <laughs> be Brantley will be a good guy to like do that with of just like. Yeah. 
See, see if you can slide something in and just watch, oh, watch yeah. his expression to see if he picked up on it to well, know if he was listening or not. Because the listeners are listening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're dialing. Brantley <laughs> listening. To well, this is something that I think is is important. I mean, we sit here and joke about it because we're having fun. And that, to me, is what broadcasting is all about. It's, it's having fun. You don't necessarily have to make people laugh like a stand-up comedian every night. But you, you can... Sound like you're having a good time without necessarily sitting there and laughing the entire time. And and, uh, to me, you have to sound like you're having a good time. You have to sound like you're enjoying what you're doing. If you're doing that, the listener is going to enjoy it too and have have fun on the ride. So that's that's the goal, just to always sound like you're having fun. Maybe this isn't the case, and if it is, you don't have to name names, but... Have you ever been put in the in the position with another broadcaster that you have to pretend like you're having a good time when you're not? Not really. I've been okay. in with some. I've worked with some stiffs, but they're almost more fun because then you're trying to get them to crack to crack a little yeah. bit. So yeah, I uh, I've worked with a lot of people that are kind of stiffs, and I, I for some reason I always kind of take that as a challenge. Um, to all right, let's let's get this person to loosen up a little bit, have some fun. And, uh, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, there's nobody, I've never worked with anybody that I didn't enjoy working with doing a game with. I mean, it's, it's sometimes you get on each other's nerves a little bit because you spend, spend so, so much time, time together. Yeah. That's, 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 you know, almost for sure. impossible not to do that. But yeah, no, I, I, there's nobody I just have not enjoyed working with. And I've worked with a lot of guys just coming up through the minor leagues. You have different partners and then you do a few I've done a handful of network games, and it's almost always a different partner. So, yeah, it's but it's fun. Um, so, we're working on uh, the Marty Brenneman documentary, and we were talking to Pete Rose, and he said the documentary that you need to do <laughs> is about me and Marty and other players going out <laughs> after games chasing <laughs> tail in the seventies, <laughs> and so. Uh, have have you developed relationships with the players? Is it is that not? Are you going out chasing tail? But are you? <laughs> but are you going out? Chasing tail? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, um, have times changed that like broadcasters tend to stick with broadcasters, or or do you develop relationships? With, I know Jim Day has become real good friends with a bunch of players, and and will hang out with them. Is that um, yeah? Is, is that something that's happened? I think the relationships are important. I. I you know, are you going out with them after games and, and really getting into the personal side? No, not really. Um, I think that has changed to some extent. In the minor leagues, we're, you're kind of all on the – it's a little bit more of, I guess, an even playing field. Um, you're all about the same age in the minor leagues, and um, especially when I was the same age with, with some of them. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of other people in the traveling party when you're in the minor leagues. There's, Common goal yeah, of trying to yeah, get exactly. to so, the next level. Um so to some extent, yeah, I, I I forged some friendships, and there's a lot of guys that came through that I still keep in touch with. I was just texting one of our guys the other day. He almost got to the big leagues with the Reds. Um, I didn't quite make it, but but there there are guys. One guy went on to be become one of my roommates and one of my best friends for a while. So you know that that happens. But I, up here, I think it is a little different because there's so many of us broadcasters that travel together. We usually kind of hang out together away from the ballpark. I think there. I think that separation is healthy, but that doesn't mean you still can't have a relationship with the guys at the ballpark. And, and what I mean by that is, you you want them to trust you, and I think that is important. And so, yeah, um, there are guys that have come up that I had, in, uh, you know, in Pensacola that you know were on teams I worked with there. 
that I, I was fairly close with. But yeah, I think that overall, I think times have changed a little bit. And you, well, you're, you're all co-workers. You're all employed by the Reds. You're not employed right. by the radio station. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. so we are. Yeah, we all work for the same people. So, yeah. 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 And, and I think that there is that common goal still of, you know, we all want to see the team do well. You know, I, you you want to see these guys succeed. That's... Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, but I mean, Marty, he wouldn't hold back no. when it comes to that being, was a boneheaded face uh, being <laughs> critical and you know letting. Yeah. I mean, I know you want to you want to be likable, but I, but I, that like, probably comes like, over so time, boring. right? Of just like you build up to to earn the trust of either right. the player or the listener to be able to share an opinion versus just telling what's going on. Well, I think I've never been. Um, I've never been that opinionated. I, I will I will say what happens. Um, but I think the opinions were there. I've always felt like I'm, my job is to relay what's going on on the field, and, and then people listening form their own form opinion. their own opinions. Yeah, based on that. So I, and I, you know, and I get it. Everybody's different, and I, you know, um, but and I don't hold anything against guys that do it a different way. But I. I I'm not going to sit here and praise a guy for something he does that's obviously the wrong decision, but I'm not going to go out and crush him either. But I'm not going to shy away from saying what happened. Yeah. You know, you make yeah. a bad base running play, and you can you can say that. Um, and, you know, you hope that you have the do trust mo- that yeah. if they screw up, they know they screwed up too. Yeah, so you're not- yeah. <laughs> do, most of the, do most of the players from your experience, not even necessarily with you, but just being around them, do they have that? Sort of understanding that you have a job to do, oh. and, and they don't take it personal. Hundred percent. If yeah. you're not like talking about them personally, right? Yeah, I've only had one situation where a guy really kind of took what I said and and kind of took it personal. I, you know, he blew a save late in the year, and um, it was a. It turned out to be a costly save. The team was kind of in the playoff race, and then went into a tailspin after that game, which was kind of a almost a momentum shifting type situation. And uh, a few days later, I was going back and I was kind of rehashing that situation. I said, boy, you look at the way things have gone since then and look at where they were leading up to that. And if that game goes differently, I said, it's, it's hard not to wonder where this, what, what situation the team might be in. I said, you know, whoever, I don't remember the guy's name at this point, but. Um, yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> but I said, if you, if, you, if you go back and you look and he's been reliable all year, that was a bad time to have his first blown save. And I said, it's really unfortunate because he's had such a good year. Well, that's a way to me of saying, this guy's been really good. Everybody's going to have kind of an off night. Yeah. It was just a bad time for an off night. Well, he was, he basically said, I heard that you said, if I didn't blow that save, we'd be in the playoffs. I said, well, that's not what I said. <laughs> that's a, that's, a, big, that's yeah. a thing too, is context is like yes. quotes taken out of context. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you, one of his teammates is hearing it in the clubhouse. Well, he's going to give the, the Cliff telephone. Notes version. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to change yeah. a lot, and the context is completely different at that point. I remember uh, back in Josh and I've been making shirts for a while. So this was about two thousand five or six. We were in our little store in Northern Kentucky on Dayton Route Eight, and uh, at that time, like some players, like Ryan Friel, lived up on top of the hill. <clears throat> yeah, so every now and then we would get these guys come in and, and they'd I don't see know. their shirt in the window. Or yeah, something. they'd be like, "What the heck?" Well, we had uh, well, this guy comes in and he he just like opened the door and yelled in, and he, I'm like just standing right there. He's like, "Hey, 
why don't you make a shirt that says screw Marty? <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, maybe we'll think about that. And I was like, I was like, what's your name? And he's like, I'm Dave. And then he like turned around and left. And I called Josh. I was like, man, I was like some guy. And I described him. Turns out it's David Ross. But anyway, I was just like, that's why I always heard the, my favorite quote of, of Marty's. He supposedly would tell players was, you know, I was here way before you got here. <laughs> and I'm going to be here way after you leave. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, that was King Griffey Jr. Yeah, famously that was that quote was to, to King Griffey Jr. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a big yeah. one. Yeah, that was a big yeah. moment. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I. But Marty had this. Marty had has this rapport with guys too, where a lot of times he would say things, and 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 guys almost wore it as a badge of honor. You know, I mean that. The thing about Marty is, if he was going to say something, he would be in the clubhouse the next day. Yeah, he, yeah, up. he wouldn't and, uh, hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope. I've heard that. So. Doing this documentary, I've I've heard these stories from other people. Except, you know, I had always heard these stories from the Marty side. Yeah. But it's fun to hear them from other people's side. And what I've noticed a lot of the former players have said was, "Man, when he would talk about me when I was playing, like it it bothered me. But now that I'm out of the game and I have I've sat in and yeah. on the booth or I've tried broadcasting, like." I have a completely different respect for him, and yeah. like guys that didn't like him before, like love him now. A lot of they're them. retired. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's that's not uncommon. Well, I think it speaks volumes to his character too. I mean, Marty is a great guy. He yeah. is just a yeah. he is just so much fun to be around too. And when guys get to know him on a more personal level, I think that changes their perception of him a lot too, as opposed to just the guy behind the microphone. Yeah, yeah. It's but he is he is. That, that that was his that was Marty's signature. I mean, he he wasn't afraid to say what he saw and how he viewed things, and then good for him. I I loved the way that the Reds brought you in last year and had you in so many games, so that this year it's not like where did this guy come from? Do you feel taking the reins this year? Or do you is there any kind of like eggshell type feeling for you or is it or have you did you do enough games coming through the system and and the fact that when you were in the minors it was a Reds yeah. team like do you feel more confident that you can just step in and and do what you've always done I think it'll take time to to really truly become comfortable like 100% comfortable I I did feel a little bit um I, I think I was a little more comfortable last year when we went to Pittsburgh for the last few games of the year. Yeah. Um, after, you know, Marty's last game, I, I, all last year, I mean, it was it was Marty, and it was still this is Marty's broadcast, and I'm just kind of a guest on his broadcast. It's kind of how you view that situation. So, um, and I'm not saying that I, I wasn't myself. I still think you have to be who you are. Uh, but yeah, I think. It's just a new situation too. I mean, then think about when you go to a new job. What's it? What's it like? I mean, how long before you really you take off the? <laughs> you're not the new guy. Yeah, you're, you're a not co-worker. the Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you, the the whole filter's gone, and now it's who you are. Um, so I think there's some of that, and you just you continue to get more and more comfortable, and um, the you get more and more comfortable with the fans too, and hopefully they become comfortable as well and mm-hmm. it, it all works out but yeah i think there there will be definitely still some sort of a feeling out process i guess is the best way to put it 
um, coming into the season, but it, it will be. It, it's I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, I cannot wait to get started. Yeah. So when did you find out that you were the guy? <laughs> Everybody asked that question. It's such a there's no real good answer to that because it was just something that kind of built as the season went along. Um, I would sit in on some planning meetings for next season, but there was always that possibility to where we could get to the end of the year and they're going to say, well, you know, be able to go, but I think we're going to go in a different direction. You know, there was, that was always, and maybe that's just my own paranoia. Um, but that was always in the back of my mind. And then the, the last day, uh, started to kind of, that last party's last game is when it kind of all came to a head. Yeah, that's I mean, when he, I really he basically said, I, "I want you guys to embrace Tommy yeah. and treat him the way that you treated me and give him a chance and stuff." I guess that's the moment where it sank in. Um, you know, you kind of like I said, it, it built all season, and and um, you kind of feel like anytime you go into a new job, it's your job until you don't have anymore until they tell you you're gone. Uh, so I think that's just kind of how I treat it. When I got hired, I was like, well, I will stay here and hold on to this for as long as I possibly can. Um, not knowing what was truly in store. Uh, so I guess it, all along after I got hired, it was a possibility. And then it just kind of, like I said, it all kind of came together right at the end. And then Marty's, you know, what Marty said at the end of that, that, that shook me a little bit. I mean, that was that was really really special. He didn't have to say that. I didn't expect him to say that. That's his moment, and the fact that um, he thought enough of me to even mention my name, I thought was what blew me away. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, Pass the torch. for, for yeah, you, is like a, a bystander's not the word, but like to to be called up and see that whole year, yeah, that led up to that moment, and see what he meant to people. For then him to say that about you, like I, I think that speaks volumes, man. Yeah, it was it was incredible. I mean, I was, I had to go back and finish the post game show after that too. So yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Cause, cause, I was listening on an airplane. I've told yeah. people this story. Like I'm, I was taken off for somewhere, and um, the game was about to end, yeah. and I was just like, man, I hope there's not like 45 minutes yeah. before they start, like where Marty was going to speak on yeah. the field and stuff, but like. I'm sitting on the airplane, I'm sitting in in the window seat, and I'm listening on the MLB app, and we're just, like, the plane is boarding, and the game's winding down, and I'm, like, trying not to cry, I'm, like, yeah. st- I'm like staring out the window, and I'm, like, I'm that girl that, that I'm always on a flight with, where I just look over, and there's just one girl, like, just crying to herself, and I'm, like, wonder what she's going through, and I'm over here just listening to a baseball games, crying, and, uh, and then I, luckily, I got to hear all of it, and I was just, like, man, what, what a cool moment, like, I was sad I wasn't there, yeah, but what, just, like, what a cool moment, and for you to, like, like be at the a part of that. I mean, that's just that's. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's something I would remember forever. It, it meant so much. I mean, it's beyond words, really, how much that meant to me. And it was, it was neat too. It, it was. It's kind of one of those things. Even as time goes along, you you understand the magnitude of the moment, I guess, because people would reach out because they're watching Marty to see what he said, and they're watching his farewell, and then all of a sudden, he mentions me, and people are like, "Whoa, I didn't even think of that," and. That that had to be pretty cool. Yeah, it like was unbelievable. <laughs> it was so it was so surreal. It was it was just yeah, it was wild. So that's cool. Did that's you so text cool. your mom after that, or I was shaking for a while after that. I was just 
I mean, it 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 all just kind of came together at that at that point, and I was almost in a fog. It, it was the reality had set in. I mean, that's and that's a it's a major undertaking. Let's not downplay it. It's it's a big deal. It's a big. Um, Obviously, it's a huge step. Hopefully, the final step in my career, if if things go well. Um, and I think that realization, for one, it's humbling, but it it, it can hit you like a ton of bricks. And uh, so I, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty wild day. And then after that, we had a little celebration for Marty upstairs. Um, it was a kind of a private gathering. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of his friends that he's made over the years, and and. The, all of us broadcasters were there, and then we hopped in a car and drove to Pittsburgh because we, you know, we yeah, stuck yeah, around for Marty's party. Yeah, uh, the team flew off and and flew to Pittsburgh, and so then we drove to Pittsburgh after that. So we hung out at the party for a little while. And you we, get on the team charter? Well, that was the thing. Like the team left before because we stuck around after. So oh, they were. Right. So you missed were, the plane. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so the team had arranged for us to uh, all get a car, and we all rode together, and it was. It was a, it was a fun fun night. It was really special. Well, I'm I'm stoked about this year for this team, but I'm also stoked for you, like yeah. professionally, because I I really do, I really do enjoy listening to you and, and 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 impossible shoes to fill your setup, man. Like I'm I'm pulling for you. Well, I appreciate that. It's <laughs> it's incredible to have this opportunity. Um, to spend a year with <clears throat> with Marty, uh, it w- was really really special. To have him now as as a mentor and a friend is is just outstanding. Uh, to get to work with Jeff on a nightly basis coming up, I, I couldn't ask for a better guy to break into the big leagues and work with. We get along. He's come along, really well. and he's, oh, he's again with the documentary. Like I've heard his story, yeah, and he's the first one to say about how unpolished and how much he learned and how far he's come from working with Marty. But just that, like, there's a learning process for everybody, even a guy who played the game for as long as he did. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. Um, So to work with him, I mean, we're two guys that just can't get enough baseball, too, which is fun. The Yid, our engineer, he's, you know, he he is tremendous. He and I have known each other. For about the last seven, eight years. So uh, we've gotten to know each other really well. He, he's actually been kind of a mentor to me at times in my career, which is really special. Um, and to have the opportunity to do Reds baseball in this town for these fans, I I don't say this lightly, and it, it stood out to me um, when we're doing a hot stove. And, you know, the team's obviously coming off of what I think a lot of the fans felt was another disappointing year. Sure, it was a fun team to watch, but you're sitting there doing a sports talk show in a one-hour red show in December from a bar, and you look out, and it's packed with Reds fans. Like, to me, that says everything about how passionate this fan base is for this team. And or Reds yeah, Fest. Yeah, Reds, yeah. The, Reds Fest the is Hall unbelievable. Everything. The like, Reds Hall of Fame oh, is the best Hall of Fame in baseball. Not even close. I mean, it's so, it is just so cool to be a part of all of that. The history of this team, the, um, the, the, history of broadcasting for this organization is incredible. I was reading about, uh, I was reading Red Barber's book, The Broadcasters, and he talked about his time in Cincinnati and kind of where he got started and, and uh, you know, the guys that have followed. I mean, it, it's just, it's unbelievable that the broadcast history here just 
how Team Michaels, history alone. I mean, oh, yeah. See, Marty took Wade Hoyt, like, Al about Michaels, Al Michaels, Marty, yeah. Joe Nuxall, Jeff. I mean, it's it's really, it's it's so Even so on the TV special. side with Tom. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's calling the top college games every yes. week, and he's doing Reds games the other days. Yeah, it's it's really, it really is. I mean, I I, I can't stress enough how special this, this is. Well, me. this is my last question. So when you, like, obviously you're realizing, like, a childhood dream to get to the big leagues, but... Did, did last year make it any more inspirational to see if you're one of the best to do what you do, what what it could lead to eventually? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, obviously, I, I, you worked hard to get there. Yeah. And not that you want to emulate Marty, but but seeing seeing what happens when you... Yeah, the impact. Like, really, you know... Yeah, I think... Is that, that's what you mean. Like, the impact yeah. you can yes. have. Yeah, I think... But I think that's also something you can't take lightly. I mean, I think you really have to respect that and appreciate that and um you you can't i think that's where you can't look at it as a job because you are you are literally a a a guest in people's homes so you almost kind of have to treat every night like you're a guest in in somebody's life because that's what you are and And then people are gonna come up to you like they know you yeah you've done your job well they think you guys are friends that's the ultimate compliment yeah If, if somebody comes up to you and they act like they've known you for years, then then you've done something right, and that is that is really cool. And people get asked, "Do you ever get tired of people coming up to you?" Well, I, I hope I never do because I shouldn't. There's no reason to because the, the fans are why we do it. They're who we're doing it for. We're not doing this for ourselves. I mean, we're they're the ones. The fans are the ones that matter. It's cool. It's all very cool. Well, I appreciate the time very much. No, this is awesome. This has been a lot of fun. I know you're heading out to Arizona. Yeah, i got to start um, packing at some point. I should probably do some laundry. Huh? <laughs> Hopefully you don't miss the flight. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I wish you all the best this year. We're, we'll all be excited um, to, to be along for the ride. Do you embrace social media? Can people follow yeah. you or friend you or like you? Absolutely. Or? Add me on uh, the Twitter is the best way to go. Um, so it's just at Tommy Thrall. So that's my, my Twitter handle on there. I'm not overly active on there but what, what that's going to change we're going to start uh um give you a little sneak peek starting with the first spring game i think jeff and i are going to do a little preview video before every game to just kind of give you an idea of what what to look for in that day's game um we'll do it through spring training continue it through the season and uh that'll be on on there and the reds twitter account as well so uh the, the one thing i really want to do too is if you have questions that that you want brought up during a game Tweet at me. Um, not going to promise ask that I'll Tommy. always. Yeah, sure, sure whatever. <laughs> but no, it's not. It's not necessarily like the the ask Marty. No, 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 but no. yeah, it's it's you know if you've got a question about something, um, and it gives us an opportunity too. Where if, say it, somebody has a question about something analytically, maybe Jeff and I don't know the answer. It gives us an opportunity to go find out the answer. And or you can even present it to Jeff if it's yeah. Something well, that that's will like, that will happen a lot. Yeah, I will always, almost always, defer to him. I don't have all the answers. I didn't. I didn't. Spend 13 years in the big leagues, so yeah. yeah Jeff. Weren't the Rollades relief? No, no. I've never been an all star. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome, yeah, that's great. So yeah. the last thing I need from you is we ask our guests to give us a word that will be used as a coupon until the next episode comes out. Okay. So you can pick any word that you want, and then uh, people can use that word to save 20 percent on their purchase. Oh, that's great. I like that at all. I like that a lot. So. Uh, what would I mean, you the, like the coupon to be? I think the word postseason comes to mind. Postseason, post-season. I love it. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's what we're all looking forward to this oh, year. Man. So I, I uh, yeah, I like that. I, I would Let's say optimism, there. but I think it's a little more than optimism. 
You know, I do too. I think it's, there should be a little bit of expectation yeah. behind it. I yeah, you should almost it should yeah. almost be expectation should be the word. But we're gonna stick with postseason. All right, so postseason, one word. Hey folks, PF interrupting real quick here. It's postseason with a hyphen. That is postseason with a hyphen. We already had a postseason code I discovered after we finished the interview, so we want to keep them separate. Uh, so that means you're going to have to use a hyphen with postseason. Now back to the episode. P O S T S E A S O N. Type that in at cincyshirts.com and you will save 20% on your order. Uh, until the next episode comes out, you can also use that at any of our three locations, Hyde Park, Loveland, and Over the Rhine. Dude, Tommy, thank you so much, man. Have thank fun you, guys. Awesome. Appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I can see you. Tommy Thrall, people are mad at the Ataris for covering that tune, but I think it's just fine. And fun fact, uh, that tune was written by Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers, as in Tom Petty and the, uh, but Petty passed on it, which some people think was crazy, but if you think about it, it's not really a Tom Petty tune, but uh, anyway. Uh, also, this episode has taught us that most of our play-by-play talent in this town is named Tom or Tommy, so there's that too. Now, the first game, if you're listening to this, uh, the week this episode originally drops, it's going to be this Saturday at 3.05 against the Cleveland Indians. I will have that same dilemma I have uh, six times during the regular season. Do I listen to the Reds broadcast or do I listen to the Indians broadcast? I'm still going to have that dilemma, uh, thanks to Tommy being so awesome. And uh, I'll probably switch back and forth like I usually do. Fun fact, Indians broadcaster is Tom Hamilton. There you go, another Tom. So, kids, if you're out there and you want to be a play-by-play uh, baseball person, first thing, be named Tom, and then go from there. <laughs> All right, so if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, just drop us an email, podcast at cincyshirts.com. Put podcast guest in the subject line. You can use that same email to donate to the podcast via PayPal or Venmo. And if you are uh, sending us a guest suggestion, please just give us a brief little bio. Tell us why you think that person would be a good guest. And if you have any contact info, of course, that would be fabulous. Be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area, but still feel connected to the Tri-State. And if you haven't already, go back and plunder the Cincy Shirts podcast archives. Uh, We have all kinds of stuff. A lot of baseball stuff back there. Haunted Cincinnati, Abandoned Cincinnati. Uh, The famous, the not famous, but every one of them is good. Great stories all around. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing, who are from Philadelphia, oddly. You can find all of their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find Vigit Tees from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Lots of defunct teams, uh, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, all that kind of stuff. Old restaurants, old shopping centers, old amusement parks. Those are very popular. There's even a section of old video games as well. It's like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns. And again, the promo code of this episode is postseason, and that is with a hyphen, because we've already used that code before, and we want to keep them separately for tracking purposes. So again, it is postseason with a hyphen, even though I don't think that is grammatically correct. Anyway, I should know that as the content director. All, all lowercase, all uppercase, it doesn't really matter which way you can alter upper and lowercase, but put that hyphen in there so you get your 20% off this week. And uh, so let me see, uh, t- again, take 20% off your entire Cincy Shirts or OldSchoolShirts.com order can be used on both sites. And uh, you can also use that in our physical, or as we say, brick and mortar stores in Over the Rhine, Hyde Park, and Loveland. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.
goodbye I wish I said goodbye